Welcome to another episode of Thrive, your agency resource. And today we're talking about how changing your behavior as an agency owner can actually change your agency. So super interesting conversation. We're going to dive into self-awareness and self-leadership. And I have Scott Jeffrey with me, who's the founder of CEO Sage. And Scott has actually gone from internet startup founder to uh, diving into psychological development. Um, and so it's just going to be a really, really interesting conversation. And Scott, I'm so happy to, uh, to have you here. I think if we run over a little bit, that's okay. I totally anticipate it. Well, it's great to be here, Kelly. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to the discussion. So um, as you and I know, it's, it's really challenging to kind of focus on self-awareness. But then you add this, this layer of agency ownership and having to run this, this beast that has all of these moving parts. And then that becomes sort of like exponentially harder, right? So um, being that you have some experience with creative agencies uh, in your own background, I wanna start out by talking a little bit about the difference between internal development and focusing mm -hmm. on achievement. Sure. Yeah, well, I mean, I like to look at um, working either in agency, business in general, working with entrepreneurs. Like it's an awesome opportunity because you're um, you're going to be working on external achievement regardless of what you do by default, right? You can't avoid that. You can't avoid interacting with other people, right? The question is, is are you reflecting back while afterwards, before, and during your conversations with other people, right? right? And so it's, it's in a way everyone you're working with is essentially a mirror and you're going to have a constant opportunity to see, okay, why is this person responding that way? Right. And why am I feeling this way? Right. right. But the biggest challenge we have is that we move so fast as entrepreneurs. Right. We move so fast thinking that we have to do this, um, get this done right now. Right. And we have a, a schedule. It's this, this and this. And a lot of those things that help us with achievement somehow manage to hijack us with the development of self-awareness because mm. they're like on two different time tracks. One's going hyper fast forward and another one is going super slow motion. And uh, if we don't learn how to toggle back and forth, which is not like, and we don't have training in that, right? Like right. as soon as we enter school, everything is about system, do this, do that, right? What do we hear about? We hear about importance of morning routines, right? Developing everything into routines, creating structure, and all that's important for achievement. But we don't, like, first of all, so then the next thing we do is we try to schedule some time for self-awareness, right? <laughs> that's, that's, or meditation. Ironic. Right, right. We schedule time. I'm going to meditate for five minutes or for 30 minutes in the morning, and then I'm going to enter the whirlwind, and then I'm going to reset and start the Groundhog Day the next day right. and hope it works out better. Right. So you're saying that we should sort of take that, that thought process that we've always had about making these things a dichotomy, even though we didn't really know that we were doing that, um, yeah. all of the things that we've been fed for the most part about have, leading these two different lives, like my spiritual, self-aware, calm, rational life, and then yeah. owning my agency. And, right. you know, I'm going to like live these two separate lives. So we're talking now about true self-awareness, which is a little bit different, like internal development. Right. Um, so, so aside from selling their agencies, like I did, um, what can agency leaders do pretty immediately to start, you know, becoming more self-aware? 
Right. Well, I want to build on what you just said, because I think yeah. it's a really important point in terms of that dichotomy, uh, in terms of the uh, the achiever, right, that's that's looking to grow externally, and then that person that's wanting to develop spiritually, because that right. plays into what you can do um, to build self-awareness. I, I um, If you look at it from um, spiral dynamics, which is a, a model of, of the development of, of how we develop values, mm -hmm. uh, the achievement or the orange meme it comes before the green or the spiritual meme. And so what happens is we, we start out, achievement is our culture values it more, right? And then uh, there's some that kind of either push through to green or that you, what usually happens is we cut off the orange to go to green. Yes, yes. And so yes. that's where this dichotomy comes in of right. this split in the psyche between the achiever part and the spiritual part. And right. it's very difficult to reconcile those. Um, and the only way to do that is to go beyond both, right? And so the, the term they use in, in developmental psychology is to transcend and include, right? So right. to include the achiever part, right, without sort of trying to vilify it and then include the spiritual part but then also not identifying with that one either. Right. Right. And so in terms of building self-awareness in the moment, which is really the only thing we can do, right? Because we can't like stop the ship. You're not going to tell somebody who's, who's, um, who's, who's uh, driving at 100 miles an hour, well, you just need to go 10 miles and everything's going to be fine. This is like not possible. You have momentum to everything that you're doing in your life. The key is, is can you just momentarily pause throughout the day? Right. If you take it, look in the context of meditation, we tend to think again, like we said, you're going to meditate in the morning and then go into the whirlwind. But the whole point of having a morning practice was supposed to set the tone mm -hmm. for entering a meditative state throughout the day. Right. So, yeah, it's great to be able to develop a practice in the morning. But if you get up right afterwards, it's what happens right after, because if you get up and immediately go to your phone right, or go into whatever the next part of that routine is mindlessly, there's really very little point in meditation. Okay, so talk about that from the realistic standpoint. I have to check my phone. Yes. When are you suggesting? How are you suggesting? Do I, do I pick up the phone with a different mindset? Do I change the time frame that I look at it? Like, You watch the impulse that's driving the your the action itself mm. so for example there's the thought i have to check my phone and then you start to sort of tune in right kind of look inward and say all right do i really need to check that phone right now and is it is it because i don't want to feel something right now is there something else that's on my mind so that's it's actually like a filter system yeah you're just pausing long enough to reflect back and it doesn't like we tend to think that we have to do it for out, like it's it's again our our culture is so addictive. It's like if one is good, ten is better, and so <laughs> you you can't you can't just do something for a minute. It's not going to be valuable. I either do it for two hours or I don't do it at all, right? right. So it could be like literally a thirty second pause uh, to just see like, do I really need to do this? Because the average person checks their phone over one hundred and fifty times a day, right? right? There's no way that we're doing that because it's important for achievement or for a business. It's just a neurotic behavior that's going unchecked, right? right? It's, uh, it's triggering a dopamine response. So there's something that we're trying to avoid most of the time right. that we're checking any of our devices or yeah. going online. So it's just a function, can you pause long enough, not stop, but just pause long enough to say, all right, there's something that I don't want to deal with right now. And then maybe then you go and check it. 
but at least you're taking one step in the right direction. At least you're doing I'm, that right with with mindfulness, with saying like, yeah. okay, let me do my little self check in. Yeah. Um, I'm not checking it because I think a client is going to feel that I'm incompetent if I don't write them back right away. Right. I'm not checking it because I'm bored, right? So you like do these little filters is kind of, I think, what you're saying. And yeah. if at the end of that, it nets out to like, no, I really just need to or want to check my phone, then go ahead and do it. At the end, you're going to do it, right? But what's <laughs> right. going to happen is... Oh, that so you you're know gonna... me. <laughs> <laughs> we all do it. I do it too. But you'll do it less and less. And that's what's going to happen is like it's a progressive thing where and then all of a sudden you'll start to find that there's the pull isn't there as much. And then it just becomes a tool right. as opposed to in, in a, an addictive sort of compulsive relationship. Right. So so other than observation and this like pause for reflection, what else um, can agency owners and leaders do? The, the one of the best hacks um, to to develop self-awareness is to get into the body fast. Because the whole reason why we lack self-awareness is because we're, we're floating around in our, our energies in our head all the time, right? We're constantly trying to think and work things out. The challenge is, is that that thinking function is only one of many different sort of ways we have of taking in information. And so the more you're able to root yourself in the body, you see, this is a great meditation hack too. Uh, if you can get in your body fast, you don't need to meditate because your mind will immediately quiet down. So how do we do that from a practical standpoint? Uh, one thing that I always uh, teach my clients right away is to put both feet firmly on the ground and just place your awareness at the bottom of your feet. And again, it sounds way too simple, so our complex minds will discount the value of it. But if you do it uh, for 30 seconds, um, sometimes you, you might need a minute if you're really kind of whirling fast in your head, uh, you'll begin to feel a tingling sensation. Uh, the Chinese call it qi, but it's just basically blood and oxygen kind of mixing together. And that tingling is supposed to be there all times, but we're so numb to it usually we don't we don't feel it. But the more you're you're putting your your awareness uh, lower into your body, the more it's drawing the energy down, and you'll naturally sort of reset your mind in that moment. Right. And as soon as you do, you'll become you'll be like, oh wow, what was I just doing? And then you're kind of like wake up yeah. for that. Moment. Yeah. And then you go back into the whirlwind, right? right? And then need to reset again, right. but becomes easier and easier to get back. Right. But the ultimate goal is to be able to kind of throttle these things on a moment by moment basis. You know, that's sort of like the uh, the enlightened, you know, the, the destination, if you will. Um, right. I would say, yeah, like from to use like the language from like uh, from Taoist thought, you have an original spirit, which is like present at all times, right? That's, that's um, untainted by the conditioning of this sort of world we live in. And then we have a conscious spirit, which is like our mind that has all these layers of programming and mundane conditioning that we've been sort of um, indoctrinated and programmed into from birth onward. Right. And so the, the goal is essentially to root yourself in the original spirit or like what the Jungians call just the self. You know, or sometimes in the literature is called the higher self. Mm -hmm. And so the more that that higher self is operating, it's kind of like the way they explain um, our minds are like a, a, a house filled with rowdy guests and no host to bring order. Okay. 
And so like that, spiritual, that, that spiritual journey is really about bringing the host in or like a benevolent leader right. that, and, and that's where the self-leadership piece comes in because the more you bring that organization internally, the more all the people under, under your care, uh, everyone on your team also creates a space for them to develop their own self-leadership because right. they're always taking the behavioral cues, not by what you say, but by watching your behavior subconsciously. Right. And that's a perfect lead into to, you know, where I wanted to kind of end up with the, the rest of our conversation was, you know, when we're talking about changing our own behaviors as leaders of these agencies, how that how our own behaviors and thoughts and actions and all of that really influences the culture of the agency and sort of directs it. Um, you know, so I want to talk about that a little bit because I think sure. from the standpoint of agency owners that don't really have a sense of why their agencies are, are so chaotic or why there are so many communication issues, it's not just that it's coming from the top down necessarily. It could be just a reflection of how they're behaving and how they're acting. So I want to touch on that a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and here you could bring in the research from uh, Dan Goldman's work on emotional intelligence that's uh, published in Harvard, as well as uh, Jim Collins on level five leadership in terms of outperforming leaders um, have like the, the two the two qualities of the level five leader are the uh, of personal will and uh, and humility, which are also very much in alignment with uh, Goldman's research on uh, on um the, the outperforming leaders are have higher um, emotional intelligence, meaning they're able to regulate their emotional flow. Right. They're able to understand the emotions that they have and the emotions of others, and then control them in uh, a, a form of self-leadership where they can regulate them internally. And so the, the most important thing for anyone in a leadership position is that uh, Whatever is happening around you, and same with parenting, however the, the, the state of the people within your structure, your field are, is a direct ref reflection of what you're containing or what you're not. Mm. So if you're, for example, manic and uh, always sort of having to move, move, move and can't stop, you're going to create a culture that reflects that. It doesn't matter what you tell people, right? right. It's just like you don't, it doesn't matter what you tell kids because they're just going to absorb what your behavior is. It's how right. mirror neurons work. Uh, and so it becomes the most, the, the most important responsibility is this sort of containment, which is difficult because we think of ex, uh, achievement as external. And in the short term, you can get further than doing any of this stuff right. because there's things you can do to push through. But eventually it catches up with you. Right. And that's when you start to say, OK, what I'm you start seeing these patterns. Right. Yeah. Like, All right this is just not working. Right. Yeah. And and you stop the game of projecting it outwards and saying it's this person's fault. It's this person's fault. Uh, there's um, a saying in um, uh, this uh, in uh, Logong, a form of Tibetan mind training. Uh, they say drive all blame into one. It means whatever's happening, you just you take it on like you take the poison yourself because in some way, shape or form, it's yours. Right. And our egos hate that. Right. Because it's just so much easier. No, it's they did. We displace. Right. We, 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 right. we disassociate it from us. Yeah. Um, but the more you bring it in, the more you start to see, OK, this person is is responding this way because of some cues he's getting from he or she is getting from what I'm doing. Right. Uh, and then all of a sudden the power comes back into you and you start to see how it's all on this very subtle level yeah. that 
our behaviors are influencing everybody. Yeah. It's just such a relevant conversation because a lot of the work that I do with agency owners, I tend to um, work with established agencies in the creative and tech space. And a lot of them are agency owners that have been leading their agency for five to 25 years. And they're mm -hmm. in that exact space that you're talking about where it's like, you know, the achievement was the beginning. Now they're at that place where they're like, I can't keep doing this. You know, they might be 40, 50 years old. Um, and they're like, I can't keep going like this. And why is my agency not growing? And why are things chaotic? And when yeah. is it going to get easier? And they don't right. realize that most of it is because of them. Yeah. 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 And we, and what happens is over time, all those patterns got reinforced because there was some positive reinforcement for even checking your phone often. Yeah. It's a reinforced behavior. And so that those have to be sort of uh, examined again to see, okay, is this really serving me? And it is what got me here going to get me to that next place. And do I need to do everything different? And if I do, then who am I, right? Because we start to identify ourselves with, like as soon as you identify with the, the, the high-paced achiever that's like fast moving and, and just going hard, it's kind of game over because then the other parts of you, there's no space to bring them out, mm. right? But the more, that's why the observer mind is so important because the more you access that like original spirit or that observer mind within yourself, the more um, you start to see that, okay, I'm observing this achiever. So I can't be that. I have to be something more than that. So this that's is just where you're creating, right? That's where you're creating that space. Yes. That's yeah, what you're, that's really by, interesting. By drawing energy out of the identification, the self identification with being whatever it is that the agency owner is identifying with, you're, uh, you're immediately creating that space to allow something else to come yeah. in. Because then you can evaluate. It's like, okay, this is how I'm doing this. Does this work? You know, it's yeah. like, is there, if there was a better way, what might it be? Because when you're in the motion, you can't even ask that question in any thoughtful way. You can't right? do anything when you're in that space. No, you're just a machine. <laughs> yeah. There was something that when, when we talked the last time um, that you mentioned, you know, sort of like as a common sense type of thing, you know, the more that we slow down, the more that we realize how insane our behavior is. And that's sort of what we're talking about here is creating that space, just not, not stopping, Right. those little pauses and that's what I mean even by slowing down I'm not saying don't hustle don't go and you know develop new business the more that you slow down even if it's for the the 10 seconds the 30 seconds you realize like oh my god this is crazy why am I trying to do 12 things at once you yeah. know what I mean um so let's just kind of like talk about that a little bit and then we'll we'll kind of wrap up sure um the main the the main thing is to start to see why we're running in the first place yeah. Uh, and it's all comes down to uh, emotions and energy, really. Uh, in, 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 the, in, in the sense of emotions, it's like we just don't, most of the feelings that, that keep us running are negative emotions that we just don't want to address, right? Like almost all illnesses are a manifestation of all of these illness, these, these emotions that just build up and create like stagnation in the body and then different diseases manifest. So just to give some examples there, you're talking sure. about like fear of not providing for your family or being angry at the way that a client is treating you, like those types of emotions. Yeah. Or, or how you go even more intense and stronger it could be like rage at your spouse house it could be hatred towards your children right like we don't allow like we have this idea of goodness 
And so we don't allow the aspect of the shadow to come in. And this comes down to a critical piece for self-awareness and for self-leadership, which is shadow work, uh, which is essentially knowing all the things that we've been repressing since childhood, um, that we've been carrying around with us, which is the reason why we have to stimulate ourselves with caffeine and, and food and, and all these other things in the first place, because it's tiring carrying all of these emotions with us. And so when you have these ideas of just being goodness, right, without having any kind of other dark impulses, we don't allow um, certain emotions from just being like expressed within ourselves. It doesn't even mean we have to act on them or anything. We think, for example, uh, in the case I was giving with uh, parenting, that if you're a parent, it's like it's totally unacceptable to hate your children. The truth is, is that if you can't connect with a part of yourself that hates your children, you most likely don't have any genuine love for them, too. You believe you love, you might talk about love, but actually like, like feeling the true warmth will only come by having the, both of these sides sort of together. And in our culture, we don't, we don't permit that. And so all of these different like negative emotions, which uh, science shows, pass, like anger, for example, passes through the body within 90 seconds. But that's only if you allow it to express, to, to be, right, where you don't kind of tighten up and hold that tension. And so, um, like, just as an example, uh, Dr. John Sarno, he healed thousands of patients of, of debilitating chronic back pain just by explaining that the source of their pain is not a degenerative disc or anything like that. It's just repressed rage from different various reasons. And he goes through what they are. And just by people understanding that and hearing it over and over again, their, their pain goes away. And so that same mechanism, that's more of an extreme case. Right. But for the agency owner, that's like running, running, running. What, that stopping and pausing, you begin to see that we're really just running away from our feelings or our heart or soul, however you want to call it. Uh, and uh, but the freedom that we're looking for, right? We're, we're, we 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 try to achieve to create some sort of monetary freedom, yeah. right? But the real freedom that we're looking for is just being okay with ourselves, yeah. right? We're just a state of being. But that state of being can't be experienced or reached when we're running and when we're cutting ourselves off from different things that have happened throughout our life. Right. And each day, it's just accumulating. Yeah. And so we can't just stop everything, like you're saying. We just need to just be able to pause and just, we don't have to like immerse ourselves in it, just enough to be able to connect with it and be like, oh, that's how I felt on the bus going to school when I was 15, you know? Yeah. Like all of those like little things and we think, oh, I just wanna leave the past in the past and just move forward. But it's all of those things that are we're carrying with us, uh, which is what self-awareness and self-leadership sort of kind of edge us in. Once we start to see the game we're playing doesn't work. Until then, everything we're saying is completely meaningless and, and, and it's like, no, I'm just gonna, I need another strategy to grow, right? right? I need right. another growth hack and then I'm gonna be fine. Um, but eventually you start to see that even as you achieve, hopefully you achieve, right? And you keep going, you keep growing yeah. externally. And then you start to see, all right, this, this still isn't working. And I'm still just as miserable. If I'm honest, uh, it doesn't matter how much I make, uh, and how big my agency grows, that there's still something sort of like, it's an inner itch that can't be scratched by whatever you're doing in the external. And then there's like a little bit of humility that comes in and be like, okay, what am I not seeing here? Right. So it's really, it's not about the money. It's not about how many vacations you're taking or how few hours you're working. 
a lot of this, when we're talking about, you know, inner development, it really is, first of all, identifying the fact that there's something internally that we need to kind of talk about and we need to realize and start reflecting on. And then how do those behaviors based on that, how does that sort of convey to the, the outside world, in this case, our employees? Um, yeah. Yeah. Really, really interesting. Um, Scott, this is definitely one of the, the more profound conversations that we've had on the show. And I just really appreciate your time today. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been fun. This episode has been brought to you by Workamajig, the number one creative agency management software. Show notes at thrive.workamajig.com. Find out how your creative agency can become more productive and more profitable. Schedule your demo at thrive.workamajig.com.